The Sports Dance. Hey everyone, and welcome to The Sports Dance. My name is Greg, and with me, as always, he is a real American. It's Paul, everybody. Paul, how you doing? Are you singing me in? I am. It's, I mean, that it's the me. Olympics. I love it. Or USA. We got to, you know, chant our name. USA. Hey, I'm doing great. Um, halfway through summer. Ugh. I know. You, you reminded everybody of that last week. Well, now we're really halfway. We're almost to the first. <laughs> Yuck. Hey, it's okay. Again, fall means football. Training camps have started. Bunch of news coming out of there, which we'll talk about later. One big thing. But first, the Olympics, Paul. They started. The opening ceremony was kind of meh because there was no fans but it didn't stop everybody from very enthusiastically waving at nobody that's true and tonga guy always comes out in his oiled up body and he made sure everybody knew he was back a little weird i mean it's his thing whatever it's cool the woman was also oiled up that was holding the flag with him just it's true and then some guy from another country also was oiled up trying to like match him it seemed but job the, the games have started. The U.S., of course, is one of the top countries competing already with medal counts and everything. We've seen some of the newer sports have their time to shine with skateboarding, where we had 13-year-olds winning the gold. You had three-on-three basketball happening. Plenty of first-time medals for a lot of different countries, including the U.S., in winning gold in certain events. So lots to talk about, but Paul, we cannot start the show any other way than talking about what is happening in the gymnastics world with Simone Biles. I, uh, I, I, I just, I can't be inside her head. So what are you thinking? Well, so if you've been living under a rock for anybody that doesn't know, for some reason, Simone Biles, the greatest gymnast of all time, self-proclaimed goat, which no matter what you think about what just happened recently, she is. She's been dominant in the sport since 2013, has won a number of gold medals and world championships, nothing like anybody's seen before. She has moves named after her, let's not forget, had withdrawn from the team event after going through with her vault moves and stumbling, having a very uncharacteristic moment of just completely did not do the move that she was supposed to do. She was supposed to do two and a half spins in the air only did one and a half. She seemed very off. Even in the warmups, she stumbled and the commentator said, that's something I've never seen before. And I guess she stepped out of bounds on the floor exercise. Yes. And then the qualifying, she had a bunch of miscues. She was clearly not herself. She removed herself from the competition. Nobody knew exactly what was happening. Of course, the rumors were swirling that it was an injury. Nobody knew exactly what it was. Then after Team USA took the silver, losing out to the R- Russia Olympic Committee, because you can't say Russia plainly because they're not allowed right now at the Olympics. <laughs> but after winning silver, it was, she was in the interview with the other teammates and asked, and she said, it is nothing physical. It is all mental. She was very open about it. She basically took herself out because she was having some mental health issues. She has what is called the twisties, is what she referred to it as, which is basically the yips for a regular golfer or baseball player, but the gymnastics term, where basically when she was in the air, 
She lost where she was. She had no idea exactly how close to the ground she was. And I don't know if many people know this. That is very dangerous. It's not a thing that you can just be like, oh, we'll shake it off. It's a, it's a real thing. Gymnastics, people in the gymnastic world have said twisties are no joke. When you get them, it is very hard to shake. And it is something that can be very, very dangerous because whereas if a baseball player gets the yips and makes a miss throw, fine. If she gets the twisties in the air, doesn't know where she is, she could land on her neck. And yep. yeah. So it's a very big issue. Of course, Paul, the world of social media lit on fire after these comments of, of course, defending and attacking. So Paul, what were your thoughts when you heard at first that she had pulled herself out due to these mental health issues from the team event? I was very empathetic. And, you know, I always say walk a mile in my shoes. Here you have someone that is very upfront. She said, hey, I don't want to go to the Olympics a year later. It means another year of training, et cetera, et cetera. There's no question she is probably the most talented ever. Um, I don't know what's going on, but clearly it's real. And I feel terrible that somebody would not, would say something bad about her on social media. Why would you do that? You, you, you well, don't know what's wrong with her. People are wicked monsters. Mad. Wicked mad. <laughs> yeah, because as a lot of the comments said, things such as she's soft, she's unpatriotic, she's un-American. How dare she even be on this team? She should forfeit her spot immediately. She took another girl's spot that could have gone to the Olympics and actually performed. Like the things coming out of people's mouths, first off, all right, let me see one of you hit the vault and do one spin in the air and land it. Let me just see one of you. One of you try to do it without breaking a leg. You can't. Second off, do you? Th- there is people that think, do you think she planned this to talk about mental health issues? Yes, that's exactly what she did. She trained her ass off for four years, dominated the sport for the past 10 years and decided, you know what? I'm going to take somebody's spot and then not compete and blame it all on mental health and make that a whole thing. Sometimes... I know we don't use words often on this show, Paul. Sometimes people are just fucking idiots. You know what? I, I have to agree with you. It's, I don't know. They got nothing better to do. They're not at the Olympics, are they? No. And it's not a word I say often. And it just it's just the magnitude of how bad some people have been treating her and taking this issue and running with it in such a terrible direction. Like, trying to use what she went through to if LeBron James or Tom Brady decided not to play in the Super Bowl or the NBA finals saying that they were feeling sad or just not with it that day. Guess what? If that was the case, fine. Okay. I clearly, if you are not somebody that can be there mentally and be in a way that you feel you can help your team and not be a distraction or put yourself in harm's way, don't play. I don't care who you are. It is a thing that should not be messed around with. And the issue I have is in the sports world, mental health has been pushed aside way too long. People that played in the eighties and nineties and all that coming up being like, you're supposed to suck it up and play through it. Okay. Whatever. You're a little sad or you're a little, you know, thrown off, you know, what? stop. Look at the athletes from your eras. Look at how many of them have had mental issues how many of them have sadly committed suicide due to traumatic brain injuries because they felt they had nobody to talk to? 
They felt that there was nobody else out there that felt the same way they, they do, and they need to suck it up and just play. Simone Biles decided her mental health and her teammates' chances of success were better off if she pulled herself out of the event. Do you know how hard that is for somebody like her who is competitive, who is the top in her game, who has worked so hard to get to this point, to be able to mentally get to the point where you go, you know what? Where I am right now, I'm more of a detriment to my team and to myself. I cannot do this to them. I'm going to cost them a chance at a medal. I'm going to cost myself potentially harm if I can't be where I need to be to perform these moves. Like, I think that alone shows that she's not soft or anything like that. She is making a tough decision in probably the hardest circumstances for an athlete to do. I agree with you. And talk about the pressure of the world coming down on you. That is not an easy decision. And I'm pretty sure she probably realized what was going to happen because people are who people are. Mm-hmm. People who never met her, people who have seen her on TV and they're going to hate her for it. Are oh, you yeah. kidding me? Get past it. The young lady has a problem and she's dealing with it. Yeah. And she's not impacting her team. She's withdrawing. I have no problem with that. None no. whatsoever. Um, well, that's the thing. It, it's driving. The, one of the things that drives me nuts is the fact that people are like, you know what? If she knew this was going to be an issue, she should have withdrawn herself and given that spot to somebody else. Well, one, there is an alternate there. Guess what? She's going to be filling in for the all around competition. And she had actually qualified for the all around competition, but the rule for the Olympics is only two people from a country can qualify. So Simone and the other, uh, the other lady from, I can not think of who it is right now that qualified for the U S were the two representatives. Since she pulled out the girl that also qualified now gets to move into that slot. So guess what? She's not taking anybody's spot. She is not taking somebody's moment away from them. The other people that are like, well, there would have been a shot. Yeah. Well, that's what, one of the things that as sad as this is, and, you know, hopefully she gets help and she can figure this all out. It kind of opens up the all around to be somewhat interesting because now nobody knows who's going to win gold because it was so guaranteed that she would. And obviously that's beside the point because sports again are a backseat to somebody's mental health, no matter what sport it is you play or just in general, who you are. Sports is there for entertainment. They are not made to have to do every single thing for you. If they can't play at the, the way they want to, they're allowed to step away. People saying Jordan would ever do this. People saying LeBron, all these different athletes would never do this. I think people forget Michael Jordan stepped away from basketball after his father passed away because he said the mental stress of playing basketball and the media was too much for him. You know, like it's amazing. If you're sick and you are going to get hurt and you have the, what are they, the spinnies? The twisties for the gymnast. Twisties. You have them. Nobody's going to put themselves in harm's way. Yeah. Nor should they be criticized. No. I mean, she's facing something she's never dealt with before. She had the self-awareness and mental strength to do what was right for her and her teammates. And now she's doing what's right for her individually. Because as she, as I said, or as now it's been announced, she is not going to be competing in the all-around. It is yet to be seen if she will compete next week in the individual events themselves. But for people that want to say things, she isn't less of an all-time great. This moment doesn't make her un-American or soft. It shows strength. I mean, it ha- did it happen at the worst time? Obviously. 
but it wasn't done on purpose. She wasn't trying to take the spot from someone else. She also was needs to be stopped being compared to other athletes who have faced issues and, you know, guys like LeBron and Tom Brady, because guess what? We don't know how people would react if they decided to not play. If Tom Brady, if Tom Brady before a Super Bowl came out saying, I can't play, I have anxiety, I am facing depression. I feel like if I go out there, I am hurting my team, not helping. People might be pissed off. Yeah. But what happens if Tom Brady went out there and was seven of 30 through five interceptions and was the main reason his team lost? People are still going to be pissed at him. Does not matter. Nobody's ever going to be happy. There's always going to be people that are pissed off and it makes no sense. The thing that we need to remember as a society is yes, Simone Biles is a great athlete, a great Olympian, despite what you want to think and the all time greatest gymnast ever to compete. But she's one other thing, Paul, and that's human. Just like the rest of us. We all have our issues. We all have our problems. Whether we choose to deal with them or not is our own decision. There are plenty of people that don't deal with these mental health issues. The people that do, I commend them. Absolutely. And you know what? I don't know if anybody could say it any better than that. The young lady is taking care of herself. And for all those folks that are making uneducated comments. Oh, there's plenty of them. And get over yourselves. She's taking care of herself. It's just. It's maddening. It's picking on people. It's it being is. a bully. It's it she's makes no 23, sense. 24? She's 24, which also in the gymnastics world is considered old. I mean, right, usually these girls, old. these girls usually get a full the four-year run leading up to an Olympics or in the middle with the Olympics in the middle. And then most of their careers is done. There's not many that go on to have a two or three time stint in the Olympics or really most competitions, like they're just there. And I'm trying to remember who was the Olympic, who's the gymnast, I wanna say in the nineties, she landed on one foot, Tori or something. Um, Can't think of her name. It's been all over the place, but she basically, people are trying to compare what Simone Biles leaving compared to her is where she competed on one ankle and landed on one foot. Um, And Carrie struck. That's what it was. Yeah. So she landed on one foot. She had a terrible, like messed up ankle. Basically what people have realized is she basically kind of put in a no win situation there. Her coaches were telling her, Nope, you have to go. And she was like, I don't think I can do it. She couldn't feel her foot. She came out and said, She never competed again after that. Her career was done. And there's other gymnasts who have faced this. I forget. There was another gymnast who competed basically when not in the right headspace, got hurt uh, and became a paraplegic, I believe, and died at age 46 due to being a paraplegic. Huge amount of pressure from coaches sponsors and every other thing for these people to i mean she is the face of usa olympics team um i think she should be commended she's standing up for herself she's standing up for those with mental illness and you know it's it's sad you even have to think and talk about it 
Yes, it's it both. is. Pick on someone that is taking care of themselves. <sighs> but that's the thing. She's an athlete. As the people who are attacking her and saying she's supposed to suck it up and play. It doesn't matter how you feel. You're supposed to entertain me. Well, Joe Schmo, who's sitting on the couch with your bag of Doritos, weighing like 300 pounds, yelling at the TV to have her do her spins and flips. Tough. I mean, if you think she should be doing it, why aren't you out there competing for our country? Why aren't you doing everything that can be so American that you're just instead watching and complaining about her? This is what I don't get. People that are trying to... She is doing an American thing and she yeah. comes from a country that allows her to do that. Exactly. And and out there that have so much pressure from their home country. It's very sad. And it's ridiculous that just the amount of hatred and negativity that's being spewed all over social media about this, where they're like, she shouldn't even be called an Olympic champion. Well, guess what? She won gold in the last Olympics, so she can be. And just the pure thoughts of the fact that you would call somebody soft and un-American because they decided doing the flips in the midair that could lead to massive injury wasn't worth it. Knowing where the ground is and you're going that fast and your full body weight. Exactly. And she does tricks that aren't done by most. Also, a a point to be made, the Olympic committee basically said to her, hey, we know you do all these incredible, amazing tricks but we're still going to grade them on the same scale as everybody else, because it's unfair that you can do all these amazing, incredible tricks. So we're not going to give you like extra points because you actually did the tricks. So why even also compete and put yourself more at risk when all you're compete doing is potentially being average because of the scoring being messed up. That's the problem with, we could go off on a tangent on objective scoring. Oh, I know. Hey, listen, we support you. You're doing the right thing. And 99.9% of the people support you. And the boneheads that are saying terrible things, you know they're boneheads. Just hard to look the other way, but a lot of bad things being said and they shouldn't be. Yeah, well, exactly. And it's just, it. it's terrible. It's, the other part of it is, she wants to compete so badly. She has a lot of, pre- she has tons of pressure on her. She is the last of the Larry Nasser group of girls who were sexually abused and all that. She's the last group. She's like the last one standing. She wanted to go to these Olympics and show how they are all above that and better than that and make a stand for us gymnastics. I mean, she herself has opened up a gymnastics training center where girls can go and feel safe like she is amazing in so many ways and she even said before everything leading up to it she had shakes she had all these different things going on that she had never experienced before she clearly almost i in some ways it sounds like a panic attack and it's it's absolutely real and it just happens and to blame somebody for that and to come out with all these things of what to call her and negativity it was just it's just awful and she's doing the right thing she's doing what is important and very strong of her to do that she should be commended and nothing else whether she competes at all anymore she should be commended 
plain and simple. And standing up for those who fear standing up for themselves and good for her. Um, I, I can't say enough good about her and wish her the best. Yeah. And I mean, just luckily tons of, of course, athletes are coming out. People like um, Landon Donovan, who has come out saying he's had anxiety and issues with mental health, bef health before and just tons of other different athletes who have either experienced similar, similar issues or just are there to lend a supporting hand. It's just nice to see that at least she has the sports community behind her and even her teammates, none of them are holding anything against her. They all just want the best for her and they all, I'm sure know gymnastics is the pressure in that alone is just beyond what most sports deal with. Whereas you have to be perfect all the time. So while wearing a leotard goes out there and plays together and wins or loses together. And it counts every single person, even in the team exercises, your individual performance is critical. And she opted to not impact that. So good for her. Yeah. And there are people even coming out. So in her vault, it was her landing was very weird in the competition. There are people that former gymnasts that said, if that's like the normal everyday gymnast or them knees are being blown out, they're probably not landing properly, ending up potentially paralyzed. It's like, even the fact that she was able to, while she was in the air, when you can see her face, it goes in a way that you're like, she is lost and she is scared in that split second, you can see it. And she finds the ground and luckily tucks and rolls. I mean, she was seconds away from landing on her face or back or head. It's just, it's not worth it. I get, she Very represents your country. I would get that you want the US to be number one. We're gonna be number one in plenty of other things. It's okay. You also don't care. The other four years and, or three years and 11 months, that gymnastics isn't on 99% of you. You'll be okay. If you want to get mad at anybody, get mad at the Team USA basketball because we're going to talk about them next. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. So let's move on again. One more time, Simone. Not going to hear this, but still, sports dance supports you. Paul and I, we have your back. If anything, come to the South Shore studio. <laughs> yep. Relax. So moving on to some other Olympic events now. We have the U.S. men's basketball team who lost stunningly to France, Paul. End of that game, they were cruising up by, I think, seven points with four minutes left, and then it just went downhill. They couldn't hit a shot. Evan Fournier on Team France, who the Celtics acquired, looked like the guy that they wish the Celtics got, <laughs> putting up 20 <laughs> points. And it's incredible when you look at the team of all-stars of Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard, they lost to the guys that are usually the fifth or sixth options on a lot of teams. And you just wonder what happened at the end of the game. They had five open shots to tie or take the lead in the game. Could not hit a shot. So of course that put them in a big hole. Oh, one in pool play. They need most likely two wins to advance to the knockout rounds. They got their first one against Iran, which Honestly, if they didn't crush Iran, I would have been concerned. They won by 60 points. And I believe the next game they have is against the Czech Republic, which, again, they should be heavily favored. 
But Paul, assuming that the U.S. men's basketball team makes it to the knockout round, do we think they actually have a chance at gold or do we think they falter and this team goes down as one of those teams that just should have, could have, would have, didn't? They should advance. They should win. The talent, the raw talent on Team USA is exponentially better than anybody out there. Yep. Playing together, I guess, is a different story. So they play well, but I don't know that they play in the sandbox very well. So I don't know what it is. I don't know why they're not, but they have the potential. They have the skill. They absolutely should be able to. Um, It's honestly, it boggles my mind that you can't get in wide open shots. No. And it makes, I mean, to put it in perspective, at least in the game first game with France, Drew Holiday, who had just won the NBA finals, celebrating a parade was your lead scorer. He should not be the top guy coming out for Team USA when you have Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, even his own Drew Holiday's own Bucks teammate, all should be putting up more points. They didn't. Kevin Durant in the first game looked lost. He shot, only had 10 points. He fouled out. He only had 10 points against Iran. I mean, I don't know if... He's waiting on something. International rule games are all different. The defense is allowed to kind of play a little more than they do in the NBA. So maybe these guys aren't getting calls that they're used to and they're getting frustrated. Who knows? This team should do nothing but win gold. The rest of the world is catching up. I understand that. But again, when you're putting on a team, what people arguably make the case for the top player in all of the world in NBA with Kevin Durant. And then you have a top 15, two top 15 guys, at least in Tatum and Lillard. There's nobody else talent wise that should be touching you. However, they are. So we will see. I do think they should make a push depending on what their road to the gold medal looks like. There's not many teams, maybe France and Spain and, uh, Maybe Slovenia, I think it's Slovenia, with Luka Doncic on it, might pose a threat. I mean, Luka in the first game he played in the Olympics for Slovenia put up 48 points. He's very comfortable with international rules. He even actually said before joining the NBA, he goes, it's actually harder to score in international basketball than it is in the NBA. So Well, they have tighter traveling. They have Everything um, is played harder, I would say. And then even uh, Damian Lillard said the Olympic basketball is different. We have guys playing for their country. They all elevate their game. We have to do the same. So we'll see. Uh, A lot more movement is going to be needed by this team making cuts and things to actually have a chance. But I do think they should at least have a 70%. I'll give them 70% chance to win the gold. There's that 30% chance of they all fall flat on their face from what we see. Are they not playing well together? Is that just no? Really... I just it's just missing shots, and just not playing well. I don't know. I I, I they have the talent. They, they do. absolutely should win it. Am I going to have a fit if they don't? I'm not. I don't know. I might um, call them on American or soft. Right. They should try harder. Yeah, I mean, really, but. 
in basketball news for the Olympics, other than U.S. men's basketball, congrats to our U.S. women's three-on-three basketball team. They took home the gold. They won 18 to 15 against, I don't remember who it was. I don't think it was France, but they won 18 to 15 in the final gold medal match. So congrats to them winning the first ever three-on-three women's medal given out. And we had plenty of other first-time gold medal winners for the U.S. Paul. Hey, the three-on-three basketball, I'm watching it and I'm like, hey, they didn't take the ball out of bounds. Hey, they did it again. Then they pan out and I'm like, hey, they're playing half court. What the hell is going on? <laughs> and then I learned. Where are the four other players that are supposed to be on the court? <laughs> but yes, our women team, uh, they're on three team. Very good. So congrats to them. Our men, if you're wondering, didn't even qualify for the Olympics. So it's a whole different thing. I don't look for them. Don't look for them. But besides that, some other first time gold medal winners for the U.S. in different events. Feature got people like Will Shaner, who won the men's 10-meter air rifle, Lee Kiefer, who won the women's individual foil in fencing, Anastasia Zalodek, who won the women's taekwondo in her weight category. I don't know which one it was. And then even in swimming, um, is it Katie? Katie Ledecky? Ledecky. I don't know why I can't think of her first name. I think it's Katie Ledecky. Uh, won the first medal ever given out for the women's 1500 meter freestyle, which is 30 laps in the pool. Brutal. So congrats to all of them winning the first golds in those events for the U.S. Katie Ledecky has obviously won other medals and is famed from the last Olympics, especially for how much she just dominated. She's taken home a gold, a silver so far in this one. Some other big winners in swimming world, at least, was Lydia Jacoby, who was 17 years old, Paul won the breaststroke, I believe it was the 100 meter breast or 200 meter breaststroke against Lily King, who took bronze for the US and she was heavily favored. She had been a dominant force in the world for the past few years. She had won, I think 53 races straight up until the semifinals. And then the semifinals and finals, she took second and third then. But 17 year old from Alaska, a winning gold. At 17 year old, 17 years old, what were you doing? Um, waiting in gas lines to put gas in my car, working a job as a in a grocery store, and they paid how much? And if I couldn't swim from one side of the pool to the other, and this kid's 17, she's beating every swimmer in the world. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, you definitely aged yourself with the whole waiting in line for gas. Every other day, basically. I was, like, I was <laughs> to say, what day were you? Were the odd days and even days? I still am a little odd. Yeah, I would agree with that. A fun fact about Lydia Jacoby and the fact you come from Alaska. Do you know there's only one Olympic-sized pool in all of Alaska? Does she use it? I think she does. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine That's- that. You, I don't know. If, I don't know if she lived near it or not, but well, they'd have to be indoor. Yeah, you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's warm. Thanks, thanks, Captain Obvious. Oh, hey, Lydia, you can't swim in the pool. You can't swim in the pool today. Why is that? Oh, it's frozen. And it's the next day, there's going to be a bear in it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, yeah just one pool. Kind of impressive that she ended up going from Alaska. Well, I guess you'd have to find it. Yeah, 
Uh, so I don't know exactly how far she had to go to get to that pool, but congrats to her. It was cool when they cut the camera to her home, like people in Alaska watching her, the big watch parties, and just how crazy they all went. Because I feel like people that are in like their 20s as Olympians, yeah, they have people watching and they're celebrating if they win. I feel like when like it's the teenagers, they have schools worth of kids and friends watching and going nuts. So it's kind of cool to it see is that. Cool. But besides that, Paul, the Olympics in general, what are your takeaways so far from the Olympics? Um, I, I was shocked at the new sport. I, as always, have a problem with judging and numbers and <laughs> objectivity and subjectivity. Uh, it, um, and you know, I feel, and, and I'm probably, I'm not going to say it, but I think there's a sport that's more of an entertainment that was added this year. Um, and a famous person that does this lended his credence to it. And, and yeah, you got to train and be good at it, but. Are you talking about skateboarding? Oh my God. Did I, did I say that out loud? Anyway. No, I can tell because Tony Hawk is there right now and that would make sense. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. All right. You know what? I think I'm going to say it. Great entertainers. I'm going to say it. Skateboarding is way more of a sport than table tennis. Yeah. And table tennis has been in the Olympics forever. What I really don't get is how they're taking sports out like softball and baseball, but table tennis is still right on in there going. If I can play the sport, an Olympic sport in my basement, drunk with friends, it's not an Olympic sport. The key is the fact that I'm also in my basement. Yeah. And uh, most Olympic sports should not be able to be done in your basement. <laughs> I guess you can. Uh, like Taekwondo, but that's really just fighting. Not well. <laughs> I think you can be very famous um, and endorse things. You're going to endorse a paddle or a shuttlecock or, or a Forrest Gump try to. Uh, badminton, I even could say, is more of a sport. Badminton, do you. You have to move and play outside and all that. Table tennis, they like each stand in the corner. There's like. They do hit the ball 692 miles an hour, but. It doesn't hey, matter. They should have the stat watch on that thing and see if it's how fast it's going, if it's in, if it's out. I can hit it that fast too. Accurately, no. But again, I don't play very often. There you go. But I'm most the, of those sports. I underhand serve and. Uh, yeah, I'm not good. Like I just, it's. I watched it yesterday for ten seconds, and I was like, I, I get Forrest Gump was good at this, but I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. But any, any, anything else from the takeaways? I've enjoyed the Olympics so far. I enjoy just kind of bouncing around from sport to sport. I like watching you know what things. I what I can talk into my remote and say table tennis. You can. I also like the that commercial seven thousand times. It is cool that uh, you can see sports that you don't normally get to see. That is the one. I think that's the big draw for me when I watch the Olympics is I try to watch things that I don't normally do, like such as rugby. I don't normally watch rugby, things like that. The different I watch skateboarding because I don't normally watch skateboarding, but it's fascinating to watch just for a few minutes here and there, especially when you see how young some of the people are. Uh, I think rugby is crazy. Those guys are in, in amazing shape. Yeah. But even like beach volleyball, I don't watch often, but I watch when it's the Olympics because despite not watching it, I actually do know some of the people because I've gone to events before. Um, Like Phil Dahlhauser has been playing in the Olympics, I feel like, since I was a child. He's 41, but he seems like he's been there forever. 
And, but it's all cool. It's all very fun to watch. I've just bouncing around. Plus it's on all the day, even though it's repeating because they're in Japan 13 hours ahead. But I try not to see all the different things that have been announced. Obviously I knew yesterday going to last night's team women's gymnastics already what was happening, but when you're trying to do sports stuff, it's kind of hard to avoid it. I haven't seen the sports guys to say, okay, if you don't want to hear this, turn off your TV. I haven't heard them say that, but maybe I just fell asleep. I don't know. They They don't do that in the morning. It's live in the morning, depending on when you wake up. But then starting at nine o'clock at night is when everything gets live again and all the events are live once again. So it's not bad. But all right, enough with the Olympics. We will have more next week, obviously, because it's another, I think, 11 days or 10 days worth at least of events. But Paul, before we move on, we're going to take a quick break to hear from my bookie. Play ball. Now is the time to get in on my bookie. You can go for gold or just some hard green cash. Doesn't matter what you're into, baseball, hockey, basketball, you got it all with my bookie. The time is now to join it. Go to mybookie.ag and use promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. 12OZSPORTS. Use promo code and you will get up to $1,000 matched by my bookie when you deposit that yourself. That's right. That'd be $2,000 when you use promo code 12 ounce sports. When you put in a thousand yourself, they will match up to that themselves. There's mo- no better time to go for the gold or silver or bronze, you know, first places and everything. When you go to mybookie.ag, always remember though, to gamble responsibly. Play ball. That's right, Paul. Always remember to gamble responsibly. Speaking of, do you know who gambled and kind of came out on top? Um, Would it be a famous football player? It would be a famous football player. That is right, people. Aaron Rodgers has made his return to Green Bay. There are concessions in place potentially for him being moved next year, but he is going to play this year in a Green Bay uniform. Uh, Devontae Adams also is willing to now negotiate a contract after not being willing to with Rogers, not there yet, but Rogers has returned and boy, he had a conference and said some things, but first Paul, before getting into what he said, we just got to talk about one thing. And that is Aaron Rodgers baller fire shirt that he wore yesterday, walking into green Bay training camp, which was, it said it was based off NBA jam. And it was Kevin Malone, and his pot of chili as teammates. It was just a nut. It was chef's kiss. Do you need to explain that t-shirt? I mean, I might need to explain the t-shirt, but if you don't know what I'm talking about with Kevin Malone and his chili. But NBA Jam, the famous 90s Sega basketball game where you know had your teams, guys at different stats. It was all fun and games. Aaron Rodgers had that with basically a picture of Kevin Malone and his pot of chili. And what their stats were such as numbers kevin terrible adam his chili though time it took top stats mess it made top stats fame top gravity of it all top whereas kevin best stat was his drums hands down he's a phenomenal drummer but got a lot of debt and he's always hungry those are his stats but it was just a phenomenal. It was just one of those shirts that you just see and you go, I kind of want to buy that shirt, but I don't think I could pull it off. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. I might buy it for you. Good shirt. Um... <laughs> Do you want it yourself? No, um, probably I'll, not. I'll find the Michael Scott version. 
I mean, you're wearing a shirt right now that is literally the Siggo sign for Fenway Park. So do you think if I wore this around, people would say, oh, because it does say Fenway, but if it said Sitco, people would be like, that guy's wearing a gas station sign. What a weirdo. Uh, it's called sponsorships. <laughs> <laughs> you could just say, oh yeah, I'm sponsored by them. Nobody would ever know. Who, who's going to know? But so Aaron Rodgers had himself quite a press conference today or yesterday when you're, as you're listening to this. Paul, I will give him one thing, and that is credit to being brutally honest. He came out and just basically said what he was feeling and what everything was going on throughout this whole offseason, when they had conversations, what happened. One thing he said was, this wasn't a draft day thing. It started with a conversation in February. I just expressed my desire to be more involved in conversations directly affecting my job. Also, I wanted to help the organization maybe learn from some of the mistakes in the past, in my opinion, about the way some of the outgoing veterans were treated. He mentioned the fact that the team didn't sign guys like Charles Woodson and Julius Peppers. Big Hall of Fame to be players that were a presence in the locker room for the good that were still producing at a very high, helpful level for the team. And they just were let go and let off and wide receivers that were cut or given or traded away things that he thinks. And as he said, things that can help make my job easier and be better at. And if he's better, the team's better. better. So it's all better. What did you think about the honesty factor that Aaron Rodgers brought today? I thought it was great because if he came out and said anything else, people would have said, oh boy, he's just fluffing it over. He left it all out there. He had the dirty laundry. I'm back and he's moved on. I think that's the other key part of it. Like you said, he aired the dirty laundry. I think he needed to come out and say exactly what was going on, what he felt. Because honestly, there are people in Green Bay that don't like him right now. There are people across the NFL that don't like him right now. They think he's a diva. They think this and that. Listen, right now, all it sounds like he's saying is, I'm mad at the organization for not letting me help make the organization better with where I think it needs to go for my benefit and for the team's benefit. Sounds like all he wants to do is make the team better. Isn't that what his job is as a leader? You would think. Uh, One telling moment of his press conference, he kind of had a stutter. We don't know if it was on purpose or not, but he goes at one point, I love this team. I love the, or, you know, the fans. Sound like he was going to say the organization and stopped himself. Mm. Uh, it was probably scripted. I don't know. It, it was seemed like a genuine pause, kind of like, I actually don't love them. I like him a little. I mean, also another point he made in this press conference was, guys aren't going to Green Bay to play in Green Bay. They're, they're going to play with Aaron Rodgers. And whether you like it or not, he's not wrong. As he said, Green Bay isn't a huge vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me. No, it isn't. I mean, I, I've looked. I've looked up, you know, hotels in my lifetime of Green Bay and dining experiences and top things to do in Green Bay. I've done none of these because I've never once thought about going to Green Bay at all. I assume it's like negative 10 degrees there all the time. 
Would it be wear a foam cheese, piece of cheese on your head? Yeah. I mean, I think that's like the only main attraction. You go to Lambeau Field, you can't get a season ticket unless you're 1,523 years old because that's how long the waiting list is. And then they have that fee and then they turn them over because they croak and they make money hand over fist. Exactly. That is 100% accurate. So I think he made it all better. I have never disliked him. Um, people say terrible things about him, but who cares? People do uh, say terrible he things. He has a job. And he, I mean, he, was, he was the MVP last season. He is literally just trying to do what he can in his mind, what he thinks makes this team better. We do see in one sense that maybe Green Bay is try, going to try be a little more open to listening to him. Randall Cobb, who was on the Texans and a former Green Bay Packer who Aaron Rodgers loved as a teammate and wide receiver is rumored to be getting finalized a trade to get traded back from the Texans to Green Bay. My guess is that's at least a olive branch to Rodgers of, hey, look who we got. It's your buddy. That's, <laughs> well, so he's not wrong, right? He's the no, attraction. He is the attraction. And whether people like it or not, I get there are a lot of people that hate him and they compare him to Brady saying like, listen, he's only ever won one Super Bowl. You can't call him one of the best of all time with that. Well, you can. And the reason you can is. Call him pretty damn good. Yeah. and the But the reason is you can still say he's one of the greats is, do people consider Dan Marino one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? Yeah. How many Super Bowl rings does Dan Marino have? Goose egg. Goose egg? Goose egg. Silly goose egg. Yeah. He put up stats like he was a quarterback in today's modern era, back when passing the ball was not a thing. But he never won a Super Bowl. Still considered an all-time great. I don't think people would be batting an eye if Dan Marino was like, hey, kind of want to input on what's happening with the offense that I'm running. It doesn't seem crazy. Especially when he's been there for his 17th season now. Yep. I think he's earned it. We've seen with Tom Brady, you push him out. What happens? He goes to another team and wins the Super Bowl. I don't think people in Green Bay want to see that happen. It almost happened when Brett Favre got kicked out. Let's not have a repeat. I think uh, all will be well. Behind the scenes won't change. And whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. You're probably right, but we will see. But it was just, it was one of those press conferences that was just, okay. He's saying everything we did not expect him to say. And he's just coming right out with it. And all right. <laughs> it's just crazy to think. Well, he gets to. Yeah, I was going to say, he also has kind of gotten to the point in his career where he's like, what are you going to do? I know. He, he's even said he mold retiring and just calling it a career. That just wouldn't be right. I mean, wouldn't it though? I mean, 17, 16 seasons in the league, you have guys like Andrew Luck, like himself, similar to with Simone Biles. I know it was before a season and before an event, but he retired because he said mentally, I'm just not into the game like I used to be. I'm getting hurt. It's not fun recovering from these injuries all the time. And my heart's just not in the game of football like it used to be. So whether Roger's reason would be, be for that or just plain and simple, I'm tired of dealing with all the bullshit. 
as Marshawn Lynch said yesterday on when he was getting asked about it while on, you know, family TV, ESPN. <laughs> I don't know if he'll be invited back, but yeah, it's maybe if guys are retired for less reasons than just being done dealing with the BS. Yep. Well, I am, I'm glad he's back. He's, he's one of the greats and it'll be fun to watch him. It will be. It, they definitely will be one of the teams that should be in the mix at the end. So besides that, Paul, besides the Rogers saga, we have baseball news to get into. The trade deadline is approaching. It will be here Friday, but we've already had some trades happen. And amidst all those trades, we also have a COVID outbreak for the Nationals. They have 12 positive COVID cases. People yesterday during the game when Trey Turner was taken out after the first inning started speculating, did Trey Turner just get traded? Is he really going to be a guy that gets shipped out from the Nationals like a star center young piece? Nope. COVID. So there haven't been many outbreaks so far. I mean, you had Aaron Judge for the Yankees and a few of them. But really this year, baseball seems to have been doing very well with their COVID control. But so this is clearly a big issue with the Nationals and what's going to happen with their games. So that's just a side point. Back to the trade deadline blocks and all that. We have plenty of guys who will be getting on the move still and others who are already getting shipped out. One of the bigger trades that is apparently getting finalized as we are doing the show, which probably will be done by tomorrow. Joey Gallo, the slugger outfielder for the Texas Rangers, will be getting shipped to the New York Yankees. Ugh makes no sense well if he if he hits when he gets there he'll be the guy i mean well yeah the funny thing is do the yankees really need another slugging outfielder at this point their outfield is going to be aaron judge giancarlo stan who more is a dh now than anything and gallo if you wanted to say that's their outfield that is three guys that can hit 35 plus home runs for you every year which amazing not so amazing when you look at the fact that Right now, the Yankees are eight and a half back in the division, and they are, I believe, two and a half back or three back in the wild card from the second wild card spot. So it's not, they're three back from the second wild card spot. Yes. So it's not like I get they're there, but I feel like this is not a year they're going to win the World Series. I don't think Joey Gallo makes sense to go out and get as a rental, even if you're giving up minor pieces, it's still a weird move to make. It doesn't make sense. Um, they do have those hitters. Uh, what's his name there? He's aging, the outfielder. Um, oh, Brett, Brett Gardner. <laughs> see ya. Um, hey, come in. We need you for five minutes. You mean the human thumb? <laughs> he no. looks like a thumb. Yeah. Have you ever seen him with his helmet off and his bald head? He looks like a thumb. Well, he looks okay. like one of those characters from the Spy Kids movies, one of the bad guys like henchmen who were literally just all thumbs. I, um, he's going. I mean, he, he's like the grandfather. Yes. So I, I watched the Yankee Red Sox game on Fox, which brought um, A-Rod into the booth. Which you love. Which I think is great because you think of A-Rod and his voice is like a squeaky 10-year-old. But anyway, that aside, he trashed every Yankee hitter every time they stood up to the plate that they 
need somebody to tell them, hey, the ball went by you. You need to swing. <laughs> they need to swing earlier. He says, this is their problem. I don't know why they're not swinging at the ball earlier. I mean, it's, it's interesting that, that he would. But again, the Yankees have not looked well. And I get it. They're technically in the wild card hunt. But again, what's the point? It's weird to try to be all in when you're not showing great signs this year. But besides the Yankees stuff, other trades that have happened at least so far are a few like the A's getting Starlin Marte from the Miami Marlins for Jesus Lizardo. He was one of the big outfielders to get. He has another big bat to the Oakland lineup to help. They are in the wild card race more than the Yankees. They are the two spot right now. So it's a move that's very good for them. But Paul, one team that will probably be having a fire sale any moment now is the Chicago Cubs. And I know you have a prediction, at least, where one of those Cubs may be ending up. Anthony Rizzo, first base for the Red Sox. Yeah, uh, that is one I've heard that's been floating around there. Uh, Former Red Sox prospect that got traded away. I wouldn't hate that. No, I mean, it's got to be better than Bobby Dahlbeck. Bobby Dahlbeck was going to be the, you know, next second coming, but now they have that guy in center field, the new second coming in center field. And so let's bring in Anthony Rizzo. Let's bring in some, some known talent and, and regroup. Yeah. I, so it's crazy to think that the Cubs who are a few years removed from winning a world series, which, you know, thank God they did because the core that they had of Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Neraldis Chapman, which we don't like anyway. And a few other guys like Javi Baez, one finally broke through for the Cubs, got that World Series title for them, broke the curse. Things have kind of been on a slow decline ever since. Anthony Rizzo isn't having a great year, but again, he's a known commodity. We know he can be a great player, or at least an above average first baseman, at least for hitting and all of that. Red Sox probably wouldn't have to give out much to get him, which is nice. So I think that's kind of the key missing piece for this team is a competent first baseman. Besides that, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, and Craig Kimbrell. I always find it hard to say his name. It's like a tongue twister. (laughs) Especially because it's a... Well, you want to say Kimbrell and it's Kimbrell. Yeah. And so, you know, Red Sox had been linked to him in some extent, but right now, I think Matt Barnes, I will trust as our closer. It's weird to say. Stay out of the street. That was weird. I don't even live on a busy street, Paul. I think... uh, Somebody didn't like my opinions about Craig Kimbrell being... Kimbrell being... See, a tongue twister. Easy for you to say. Easy for me to say. But, so, the Cubs basically are going to blow themselves up for prospects. Chris Bryant is rumored heavily to the New York Mets, along with, like, three other teams. Rizzo, the big team that he's marked with, is the Red Sox. Kimbrell is all over the map. Teams that are coming out left and right, Padres, Giants, a lot of West Coast teams in the NL West because that's a big fight. One team and one player that I've also heard being rumored is Max Scherzer, the Nationals' ace pitcher and just dominant force over the past few years. The Dodgers are one of the teams rumored in on him. Now I get it, Trevor Bowers on the, uh, I forget what list it is. But he has the restraining order against him. He has to go to all these different hoops. He's basically been dismissed from the team. They have a few other injuries. 
Doesn't matter though. The Dodgers, year in and year out, somehow make all these blockbuster trades for these high-priced guys. I get there's no salary cap in baseball, but I feel like there's no way they have anybody in their farm system at this point of value because they have had to have traded all of them away over these years. So, agreed. But they they find a way to get it done. Yeah, but what cost because when does it blow up on them that's what i mean i don't get i mean it kind of has to i feel like an extent not like their team is still playing very well mookie bets has in his term not his terms but based on his talent and what we've seen in the past he is having a very bad year (laughs) like from what we know he can do he, he just doesn't look good maybe you're not happy i think he's happy with the millions of dollars that he's making it's just weird though he hasn't played well at all and it's an odd thing knowing he's al mvp all thinking about all the different things he did with the red Sox when he was there even last year with the dodgers in the shortened season he wasn't terrible but he's being placed on the injured list right now and he has right hip irritation. Who knows? Maybe, maybe that's what's been plaguing him this year. But he's just not having a great year. At least in my mind, he's not having a great year. He only has he's batting 270 with 40 RBIs and he has 85 hits, but it's again not Mookie type numbers. For that kind of money. Yeah, well, especially for that type of money. So Give me Alex Verdugo. That was a good move. Never thought I'd say that. But that's really what's going on with the trade deadline right now. We will see plenty of names moved. We will probably have a recap to an extent next week. When we get back, we're going to take a quick break from Zingo TV. And then, Paul, one last thing to talk about, and that is the big move in college football that is sending shockwaves through basically i mean through all of it it's just a crazy thing happening but quick break to hear from zingo tv play ball zingo tv is where you want to be for all of 12 ounce sports content live shows every single day such as peach power plays and now the am drive with 12 ounce sports so much more when you go to zingo tv sign up today using promo code 12 ounce that's one two oz at Zingo TV, that's Z-I-N-G-O TV. It is free for you. And using the promo code means so much to us. That again is 12 ounce, one, two, O-Z. Go check it out today. It's free for you. Like I said, 12 ounce sports shows there all the time. Such great content along with many other things. Go check it out. Zingo TV, promo code 12 ounce sports or 12 ounce. Play ball. That's right. Go check out Zingo TV. Like I said, Paul, tons of great content there all the time, whether it's 12 ounce sports or other channels, they got a kind of a unique thing going on there with what they show. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of like the Olympics where you can just kind of find things that you just don't normally watch. And some opinions that make sense. Yeah. But all right. The last thing we have to talk about, and we'd be remiss if we didn't using big words on the show sometimes. Good heavens. That is that one. That's a big one. I gotta look it up. I try. The Big 12 is 
basically going to be no more. When you think of the Big 12, you think of two teams, and that is Oklahoma and Texas. Both this week have come out stating that they will not be renewing their media contract in 2025 and are looking to move from the Big 12 to the SEC. I don't know how soon this move is going to be made, but they're trying to do it quick. And they will owe a lot of money to the Big 12 by getting out. But it's a crazy move in general. So it's impacting media more than anything, right? TV market? TV market. I mean, the Big 12 already came out and is basically blaming ESPN for trying to destabilize the league. And they said the commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, accused ESPN of encouraging other conferences to pick apart the league so Texas and Oklahoma can move to the Southeastern Conference more quickly and without paying a massive buyout. And he said, I have absolute certainty that they, meaning ESPN, had been involved in manipulating other conferences to go after our members. Listen, Bob, can I call you Bob? Shut up, Bob. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, Bob, because plain and simple, they're following the money. Texas and Oklahoma are huge names. They know if they want to be in the national championship conversation year in and year out, the Big 12 is not going to be where it is. It's not a strong enough conference. Iowa State, decent. Kansas State, eh. Kansas, bleh. like terrible in football. Great in basketball, terrible in football. If you want to be competitive and if you want to have that much more money and more power in recruiting and everything else, Unfortunately, it's where the SEC is. I hate to say it because I despise the fact that the SEC has so much power in college football, but they do. It's going to be coming to a point where the four teams in the college football playoffs are all going to be from the SEC somehow. It's just going to be what we're going to be dealing with and facing. Do I like it? No. Is it going to be reality? Probably yes. So we will see what happens. But yeah, obviously other other conferences that might need a team or two are going to go after the other eight teams in the big 12 because it's already going to be dumb enough that you have eight teams in the big 12. Isn't it the little eight instead of the big 12? Uh, Well, it was only 10 teams before Texas and Oklahoma decided to leave. So it still wasn't even the big 12. (laughs) Um, They better do some soul searching and figure out a way to make something work. It it's dumb on their part, but the fact that Texas and Oklahoma want to move to undoubtedly the toughest conference in all of football in the college realm. What do you think that says? Your silence is deafening. I, I, I... <laughs> These two have been just probably talking to each other. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. Well, there's rumors that they basically talk to SEC schools and everything because you got to get voted in by the conference. It has to be majority. They didn't talk to one school. Apparently, the SEC kept Texas A&M out of conversations, basically assuming that they would try to basically be like, nope, no, not allowed. No, Texas can't come. Nope. Don't want them here. Nope. Screw them. Nah, I I moved here to get away from them. We're not bringing them in. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's behind the scenes, a lot of stuff going on, but it's always, always, always show me the money. Yeah. I mean, I know you always say follow the money. This case, it's, it's true. 
they're going to be giving up a lot of money to get out of this most likely and with the buyout. But again, they're going to make just as much back being in the SEC, being in a different conference that has Alabama games that will be set up. Those alone will bring in huge money. So it's just, it is what it is. It's going to change the college football landscape. It might just now be where conferences become these massive conglomerates of tons of teams where five years from now, it could be there's the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, and like the Pac-12. And like, that's it. And Notre Dame as an independent. <laughs> yep. And, and it is what it is. They, it's going to get restructured. It's got to get. I mean, you're going to have to do something. I mean, it worked for a long time. The Big 12 started breaking apart, and clearly Texas and Oklahoma know they are the cream of the crop and the brands that are making all the money. Why not go to a place where they can get a bigger chunk of the pie? Because all the money in recruits go to the SEC. It's just how it is whether they like it or not. So by going there, you can say, hey, I know you're looking at Alabama, but they'd assigned two other guys at your spot. Yeah, we think you're the better than both of them. You're going to get to play against them this year if you come to us. If in however long they become able to be sponsored and make money. Oh, it's already happening. Yeah, so, so don't you want to be in a place where your recruits are going to be more recognized in a bigger conference. You would think. And that I think they're doing it out of self-preservation. Probably. So we will see. It's interesting in general, just the move, how it's happening, when it's happening. And we will see where it goes from here. here and yeah, we'll just see what happens. But Paul... Do you have any last parting words for the kind listeners of our show, whether it's Olympic related or just life related? So enjoy the Olympics and remember those kids are working their butts off and let's try being supportive. How's that? Can I end it with that? Let's you be can supportive. end it with that. I'm going to end it with first, make sure if you like us to like, and subscribe, check out all the great shows on 12 on sports and last and certainly not least, besides, you know, liking us and liking our show, just remember, be kind to everyone. You never know what somebody's going through. You don't know how hard life is for some people or even how easy it is for some people. You just don't know. So whether you do know or you don't know, be kind. Everyone's human, just like you, just like me, just like Paul. If we can't be nice to each other, what type of world are we creating for everybody younger than us? Well said. And on that note, Paul, go USA. Should we just end on a USA chant? USA. 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 Better luck next time, Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to all the Canadian listeners. Just had to do it. Anyway, that is our show. Thank you for tuning in. As always, we will see you all next week.